We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. And, Bill, we are coming to you and our audience on Sunday, a special selection show Sunday edition of the All-America Podcast. The selection committee did not deliver any surprises at uh, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, and Ohio State four, and we are. Um, well, before we get into the picks, I, I looked at. I mean, the selections. I looked at. I was waiting last night for Mike DeCourcy to file from Indianapolis after the Big Ten championship game, and it hit me: the twenty twenty two regular season bill is over. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It'll <laughs> hit me about Wednesday. You know, I, I this is part of the tradition. You know, obviously today with all the bull picks and the selection, and then you vote for the Heisman, and then you get into All American teams, and it's about Thursday where I'm like, "Wow, that was intense. That was like a long, you know, fun season, fun ride. More to more to come. I mean, obviously we've been pretty busy cranking it out over at Sporting News, and and um, yeah, it, this there's this two week period where you're like, man, that was. That went faster than I thought. Yeah, there's a lot to do between now and January 9th, right? We got the, you know, the, the signing period is one thing that's going to be in the middle of December. We've got the coaching carousel still spinning. We've got all the bowl games that are going to start to kick off. Then, of course, we're going to have the college football playoff. But um, just the 14-hour the, 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 the college football carnival every Saturday is over. I, I, I turned off the big 10 championship game. There was, there was no other late night game to, uh, to finish the night off. And, uh, it just felt kind of, kind of strange. So, uh, we're not ready to pour one out yet for the 2022 season, but, uh, cause we're still working and you're, you're working more than I am, I think. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it's been quite, uh, quite an adventure and here we are. So the four teams that we've we've uh, that have made the playoff, we predicted it correctly yesterday. Uh, inside baseball, you wrote a bunch of pre you know, pre wrote a bunch of stuff, assuming that that was going to be the order. Um, why did you pick that order? And uh, do you think 
that uh, you obviously were not surprised that the committee agreed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I kind of, you know, so I was thinking about this when we talked on the Twitter spaces yesterday. We were talking about the dilemma that the committee was potentially in. And then the more I thought about it is like, it's not the committee's job to give Georgia the correct opponent. It's to rank the four teams in the order that they should be ranked. And I think they got it right. I mean, one and two is easy. Georgia, 13-0, and defending national champion. Michigan, 13-0, and uh, the new bully of the Big Ten. Um, you figured Ohio State was going to get in at four, and they rewarded – they didn't reward them further, which I enjoy. That, you know, like, yes, and we'll get into this, is TC – would TCU be a easier matchup for Georgia? Probably, based on a talent perspective. But – that doesn't take away from what TCU and Max Duggan did in the Big 12. I thought Boo Corrigan's answers to Reese on the, the show were right in line with what I thought. Other than when they said, was there any talk, did the word rematch pop up in the committee? And he said, uh, th- there was no talk in the room about Michigan, Ohio State. And my son, we were on the way to a basketball game. He goes, do you think they were talking about it in the hallway? And I was like, absolutely. Somebody was talking about it. So, um, no, they, they got it right, though, one through four. As often, this committee does. I mean, over nine years, they don't they don't make too many mistakes here. It was, you got to give them credit for doing the right thing. I do wonder if they would have the guts, okay, to say, yes, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State is the field. They're the four teams that earned playoff berths but we're going to put TCU fourth because we do think they're the fourth best team. And the whole best team versus best resume thing that Nick Saban was trying to, you know, get everybody to think about yesterday. I think Georgia has a high, harder road than Michigan. I think Georgia is a seven point favorite right now against Ohio state. I think that number would be 10 or 11 against TCU. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Uh, you got a 14 field 
the number one seed should have the easiest road. Yes and no. I mean, but it's still their job to stack these guys up. I mean, it's not their it's not their responsibility to give Georgia the easiest road. It's to base it, it on. Is though, isn't that what the NCAA basketball tournament does? Well, this isn't like that's that they don't, and they rarely do that. I mean, ask Kentucky; they get they always get that eight nine matchup <laughs> against Wichita. So I'm, I'm sure Calipari <laughs> will disagree with that sent, sentiment right away. Um, no, I, I just think it's their job to rank the four teams how they should be ranked, and. To your point, this is the sticky point of it, is Ohio State is a super talented team. It's one, I'm going to be honest with you about another thing. When you sent me the updated national championship odds, if I was ranking national championship odds, I would put Ohio State second. And I know I know they I know what happened with Michigan, but I just the rematch factor, I think but that's they're, they're the almost value. certainly not going to play TCU. Right. You know I, mean? so I like, thought Michigan's odds would be way higher because they have an easier game in, in the in the semifinal, and but they're not right. You know and that's, they're a little higher, but so what you said, Ohio State's a seven point dog against Georgia. That number would be ten and a half or eleven and a half. You're right. If TCU was playing them, what's the Michigan TCU spread? Ten. That should be lower. I, I think TCU or not, gonna, nine and a half. That's I think about, about nine and a half. See, I think TCU is going to hang around with them. And it's kind of how I felt about Purdue for a half last night because I think TCU is a enhanced version of it's contrasting styles too. Some of it is like when Ohio State and Georgia play, and I believe you'll be there for us uh, being down there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The collection of NFL talent on the field is going to be absurd. You're going to see a very fast football game with talent, and it's less about contrast of styles and more about execution. I think the Michigan TCU game comes down to a contrast in styles. TCU plays wide open Big 12 football, throws it around, has a running game around it. Michigan is the just very impressive with what Harbaugh's done, the way that they can run it down your throat. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to be healthy. So I, I think the matchups are great. I think they got it right. Um, to your point, four. I saw, I think it was um, Todd McShay was on mm-hmm. it. And he had his top five. NFL prospects for the the four teams and Michigan did not have one in the top five and TCU number five Quentin Johnston the wide receiver was the number five guy and one through four was Georgia and Ohio State I don't remember exactly who it was um Harrison and Harrison I'm sure it was Jalen Carter (laughs) Stroud whatever so yeah I mean it was easy to to um pick out the names I just didn't look it came off the screen quick but I did not I did recognize Michigan didn't have one, and then TC was the number five. So I just thought that was interesting. No, yeah, and I mean, like I said, you're you're basically going to watch an NFL draft game. Like there's <laughs> going to be so much talent, and that's awesome. And and the other part of it is too. You know what I like that they did. Um, and we'll get into this more over the next month, I'm sure. So being a Central Ohio native and knowing the Buckeye fan base very well, they're sending them down to Atlanta. They didn't reward them for that's not backing into the playoff. That's all right, you've had your pride tested. Now you got to go down to Atlanta, where it's going to be very partisan Georgia. Um, there's historical implications from that dating back to like the Civil War, by the way. So, I mean, it's just a place where Ohio State is going to have to perform well and play well. And, um, you know, I, I I love it. I love that they have to go down there and do it. What you're a pretty good Ohio State historian. Have they played in the state of Georgia in the last? If these, schools, these schools have played one time 
1993 Citrus Bowl. I remember watching the game. You know, Georgia beat them in that Someone game. Someone said Kirk Herbstreit was the QB. He, well, I, you know, that's something <laughs> we're going to have to look back. I, I'm going to kick myself if I'm wrong, but I believe Garrison Hurst was Georgia's tailback in that game. So that's how long ago we're looking at. And, right. uh, but of course, haven't. that game wasn't in the state of Georgia. I'm curious if Ohio State has played in the state of Georgia in a, in a while. We'd have to look at Georgia Tech. But I mean, like I said, there's definitely, you know, when Ohio State beat Alabama in 14, they made all those shirts that said like 85 yards through the, the heart of the South. And Georgia, you know, there's no love lost between these two programs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and again, it's Ohio State. It's kind of a let, let's do the up the best case, worst case. Best case is they go and do what they did in 14, go win a national championship by beating Georgia and Michigan. Worst case scenario is they get thumped by Georgia in another, like in a physical way. And then you're like Ryan Day is going to be asked, you know, that they'll be questioned about their toughness all the way into next September. So there's a lot on the line for the Buckeyes. I think it's a phenomenal game. I'm glad they put it in prime time and uh, you're going to see a really fun game there. Yeah, what do you think the mindset is in Columbus? Because, like, you know, the world was absolutely collapsing seven days, eight days ago, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, collapsing, and now they're on the brink of a national championship, or they get to compete for a national championship against the number one team in the country and then potentially avenge their humiliating loss to Michigan. I mean, what a swing in eight days for them. No, absolutely. I mean, eight days ago they wanted Ryan Day fired. Now it's like, you see some of the tweets and it's like, bring it on Michigan, you know, like, <laughs> and, you know, put this on the, you know, whatever McCarthy and Edwards said in the press conference last night, it was like, they were kind of like, yeah, we bring it on. And then like, somebody's like, well, put that on in the Woody hate. And just don't worry about Michigan right now. You've got to worry about Georgia. Georgia is going to be a fun challenge for them. I do like, you know, I was listening to some of the things about what Ryan Day was saying that Friday, that that loss lingered in their building till about Thursday. And then, players are watching the big 10 or the Pac-12 championship game. And you saw some tweets that night from Harrison, from uh, a couple other players that, you know, they've got new life and that's dangerous. That's why Ryan day said that could be dangerous. It is 19 to 22 year olds. And once you're given a second chance, I think they're going to give Georgia a heck of a shot. I'm going to break this down, break this game down a little bit more tonight. Danger game for Georgia though, in some ways. Yeah. And you say second chance, giving them a second chance and people aren't going to give them any chance to win. And a talented team that feels like they're the underdog is also a dangerous team to deal with. Mm -hmm. What did you think of Nick Saban's politicking yesterday, Bill? What'd you think? <laughs> I was slacking. I, I, beneath him is how I would describe it. Going on Fox, which is a, you know, in theory, Big Ten, you know, like think think of what Big Ten fans of Michigan, Purdue, and Ohio State fans were obviously watching that too last night. Some of my buddies were texting, I'm like, how is Nick Saban on Fox? I mean, you know, like it was like a bad political commercial. He, to be fair, he raises some good points, but they're theoretical points, right? Like he pulled out that, well, we would be favored. Yes, Alabama would be favored against TCU. Um we didn't do this. He brought up Bryce Young's injury, but the bottom line comes down where he lost me was he said, we've got to look at metrics other than wins and losses. And that's the first thing we look at. You know, you and were that's what he talks about. He, he, you know, a month ago he was talking on his radio show. We don't look at point spreads. We just look at the opponent, you know, right. point spreads don't matter, right? Well, they matter now, apparently. Um, yeah. I just thought it was a complete waste of time. 
he was approaching the media. Obviously, he was reaching out. He was politicking for his right. team. This wasn't like Sonny Dykes being asked in the press conference after the game, do you think you should be in? And of course, he's going to say, yeah, I think we should be in. And he goes over the resume, and that's fine. But he wasn't initiating the question. Saban was pitching himself out to ESPN, pitching himself out to Fox. It wasn't going to make a difference. The only thing I could think of was, you know, being in his position of coaching these guys and asking them to do every weight room session, every film session, every practice, do everything you can do for Alabama football. And so maybe he felt like I need to do everything I can do for Alabama football, even if it's sort of ridiculous where I have to sit through these interviews and, and politic for a team that I know is probably not going to make it. I can go to bed and I can look those guys in the face and say, hey, mm-hmm. I did everything I could. Just like you guys do everything you can for me. I'm doing everything I can for you. That was the only thing I could think of because, come on. Right. I mean, they're not going to change their mind as to what you say at an, an interview at halftime of Fox. And I was just like, you know, the guy that Nick Saban is linked with most closely in college football history is who? Bear Bryant, right? right. Bear Bryant going to do this? Heck no. <laughs> no, no. And his voice carries, obviously. And he was able to do that. And and I go back to the year where they got in and Ohio State didn't. And he was on Van Pelt like 30 seconds after the Big Ten championship game. And I in that case, it worked because I think at that, that debate was 50-50. You know, you, you threw some percentages at me this morning where it was like, who do you think four or, you know, three and four? And you were like 55% TCU, 35% Alabama or high state, 5% Alabama or 10%, whatever. I just didn't think they deserved to be in. You know, you lost two games and no two lost team has made it. I don't think they were an exception because when I watched Alabama this year, I didn't feel like that is the, you know, what kicker type team that they normally are. I was like, that team makes too many mistakes. Bryce Young's been hurt. I get that part of it. He can bring that up. But by the way, Ohio State's been missed their best, well, maybe not their best receiver anymore, but one of their best offensive players all year. Michigan won their two biggest games in the last two weeks without a Heisman contender. So maybe that's not the right chord to strike. Right. Injuries are injured. They had nothing to hang their hat on, ultimately. Of right. course, they have the most NFL players. They are the most five stars. It's, you know, that that's I mean, maybe Georgia has an argument, but they just didn't get it together this year. You know, right. the cornerbacks would commit personal uh, penalty, uh, pass interference penalties on third down repeatedly over and over and over and turnovers and just they didn't play great on the road. They had nothing to hang their hat on. You know, they just, for whatever reason, and Bryce Young, probably their best quarterback they've had in this phenomenal run or close to it. But beyond him, they just couldn't get it together. The offensive line was not the typical dominant offensive line that they've had. And the defense has big names. They're going to have big uh, people drafted really high, but they just never could get it together. And yeah, they don't, they didn't deserve based on the teams ahead of them. And they got some chaos to bump them up, but just, there wasn't enough chaos to get them in this year. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I've said this a couple times. I You know I always make the joke the season doesn't really start until Alabama loses. <laughs> well, the playoff will be okay without Alabama. You know, we can do it for one year. I, I was thinking about this, and I we need a st- ESPN statistician or something. Um, what? A, so Alabama won it in 2020. We are officially like three years. We've had a drought where, guess what? Alabama hasn't won a national title. 
sorry about your Patriots. They haven't won a Super Bowl, and Duke hasn't won a basketball national title, and the world's still turning. You know what? You're not going to want to hear this as a Patriots fan, Bill. Well, it's yeah. only two years that Alabama right. hasn't won it. 22 right. is only two years ago. Yeah. But the NFL is fine without the Patriots winning it every other year. I know you don't want to hear that, but like <laughs> the NFL is like super exciting because I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. I knew when Brady and Belichick were together <laughs> that it's a good bet they're playing on the, at least in the champion, AFC championship. Duke, without Coach K, they're still going to be good, but it, it's okay if Duke and North Carolina and Kansas aren't in the final four. So, but to, to that point, like you could fire back, I guess that uh, Georgia's pretty good and Ohio state's been there five times and Michigan's now on us. These are, you know what? Clat, Joel Clatt said that last night. You look at the stats the last two years, three best records in college football, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio state, all in the playoff. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. And then we got the fun team in, in TCU. I wanted to give you a chance to, Give some leftover thoughts from the championship weekend. Friday night, we saw a, a crazy comeback. Uh, Seventeen to three, USC was out in front. We had USC booked for the for the playoff. It seems like three weeks ago, but uh, USC was in fantastic shape, and then all of a sudden they ended up losing by what twenty three points, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, and then the Big Twelve title game came down to inches, literally, just. Uh, where do you want to take it? When you think back at this to this weekend, what are you going to remember? Three players. I'm going to remember Caleb Williams, even in a loss, limping up and down the field, trying to take his team down. And it didn't work out. And a lot got written about what was on his fingernails. But that dude played. He played through an injury. He was gutting it out. And, and on the other side, the Utah quarterback, Cam Rising, taking a hellacious hit up for starters. Mm. Like, oh, my gosh, he got up. I'm like, that was one, like, when you're on your phone with your buddies, literally all of us texted like OMG and holy cow and, and probably some other words, but I was glad his head was not still in the helmet. (laughs) Right. So that's those guys gotten it out. Max Duggan, you know, just crying in the press conference because it means something to him. You know, a guy that's three year starter and, you know, Caleb and Duggan are probably going to be standing on a podium next Saturday and they both deserve that. Um, One other is Aiden O'Connell, honestly, Uh, you know, lost his brother, and goes out, and in the first half, he played lights out. And, you know, when he had – I think he's going to be a decent NFL quarterback, like just one that gets a shot and hangs around in the league because he was so smart. He played so well. I can't imagine, like, losing a sibling and trying to play. And for him to go out there and gut it out, I mean, that's what this is about. Purdue obviously was overmatched, but, you know, in the first half, that was fun to watch. So, you know, for those college kids, you – you and I talk so much about it and, you know, being a dude in his forties, I'm like, you forget that oh, those kids are like 19 to 22 and they're people's livelihoods, like rooting for them, hang on them. But to watch those guys gut it out was pretty awesome. And, and yeah, I know you have different feelings about conference championship weekend than I do, but that that's what makes it special for me. And we had a development in the ACC, right? Cade Klubnik showed Dabo waited way too long. Right. To go to him, and had he gone earlier, I think they would have beaten South Carolina. I think they would be in the playoff. I think Clemson would be playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl instead of Ohio State. Good chance. And, I mean, they can continue to build that momentum. It's a fun – so the Tennessee Orange Bowl will be fun. They'll be everybody will be in orange. So start. They got to color coordinate that. They got to tell the Clemson fans you got to wear purple. You know, you, you guys wear purple, we're wearing orange. Otherwise, it'll get super confusing. 
but you know that was supposed to be Hendon Hooker versus DJU. You're probably you're going to get Klubnik and Milton. So, um, yeah. But another thing, I mean that that program's fine. They're not. He looked awesome. Klubnik looked awesome. He's a baller. running and passing yeah. and yeah. just everything. There was just a spark to the team. I mean, I don't know. Just it, there was a big difference. You could totally tell when he came in the game. DJU to UCLA. What do you think? That Possible. Be. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks moving. And that's another thing that we talked about is, you know, when Caleb Williams and he's probably going to be the fourth transfer quarterback to win the Heisman in the last six years, which is amazing. amazing. And that's, that's the model. I mean, Michael Penix had a big year uh, and they're doing it in year one, which is the amazing part to me. Cause I always thought when Joe Burrow transferred, the first year was rough. And then the second year was really good. And I always thought at that time, I was like, if you get a transfer quarterback, you're going to get the best out of them in year two. So the ones that get the second-year starter that transfers and hangs around, I mean, some of these guys are going to do well. It's going to be a busy week for us tracking where all these quarterbacks go. Um, there was 20 out of 65, I think, this year out of the Power 5 schools. There's going to be more than that, I think. <laughs> no, I can't I can't say that, but I can't not say it. There's going to be a lot. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, we'll see, and there's a lot of teams that are going to be in the market too. So going to be fun to track over the offseason for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. One thing we're also tracking, coaching carousel, Dion Sanders announced he is going to Colorado. Can he fix that program? They have been down, down, down for a long time, and I'm not optimistic he can do it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, when I was coming through grade school, they were the it program. <laughs> Growing up in a Catholic school, they were the like Notre Dame's nemesis in the early 90s with Hagen mm-hmm. and Bienemy and, you know, the Bill McCartney teams that were really good. And you can win there. I mean, he's got to be able to recruit there. And the, the only thing that's weird to me about it is I thought, you know, Dion's a spotlight guy. He is. He, I mean, the spot. It, rather, he, he. I don't know that he's a spotlight guy, but the spotlight's going to be on him regardless. So he takes up a lot of oxygen. That's for sure. Correct. So is Colorado big enough? 
I mean, like, how long does that last? It's the Pac-12 is going to change, obviously, but you're seeing recruiting news already that some guys are interested in following him. He's going to be loud. It's going to be good for the Pac-12. That That is a tough place to win. It's been a tough place to win since, really, since Gary Barnett left. I think they had the one year with McIntyre where they made the Pac-12 championship game. So we're going to find out. I mean, I think some of it comes down to his staff, his recruiting, how he handles NIL, and how long is he there? Like, is this a, a stepping stone job to Florida I mean, State? I, I think he made that clear. His statement yesterday to his team was, in the coaching profession, you either elevate or get you you get elevated or you get terminated. That's what he think, said. That's what he said to his team. Do you uh, think every, he'll be Florida State's coach in five years? Everything is short term. No, I don't think he's going to do well in Colorado. So I I okay. don't. Um, it's going to be the one positive for him it seems like his son is very good quarterback i mean at least at the you know in the swack level mm-hmm. now does the swack translate to the pac-12 maybe maybe not um but if he can if his brings his son with him which i assume he's going to um shadur and then he uh you know starts off with an above average quarterback that's step one right mm-hmm. and and you it's it's tough to win without a good quarterback um, it'll be interesting to see who he brings with him. He's got, I think, five or six FBS-level players at Jackson State. That's why they rolled to an undefeated season this year. He's not going to enjoy the, the talent advantage at Colorado that he's you know enjoying at Jackson State relative to the rest of his league. So we will see how he can do when it's on a more level playing field. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm not rooting against him, but – I, f- I think it's going to be tough. They open with TCU next year. TCU <laughs> going to are they going to open when TCU's hanging their banner? <laughs> no, you know like it's uh it's cool. I, and again, I think it's good, and and you know it's good for us because it's another vibrant personality. He's another guy that, not to get on too much of a tangent, there are certain guys that it's like with Jim Harbaugh, for example. Jim Harbaugh is so much better for college football than he is the NFL. Like he's just, it's awesome having, now you're already seeing those pop up. Uh, these NFL teams are interested in Jim Harbaugh. He's another coach in the NFL. Even with his personality, he's just another coach that, you know, but in college he's this, you saw the the cam last night, right? With the, yeah. so my thought on that was like, I was laughing <laughs> because I was like the look of disgust on his face at the end. I was like, oh my gosh. And I've ref a little bit of basketball. I was, I was like, I've had people give me that look. And then it's like, it was amazing. So it's good to have Dion in the game. It's good to have Harbaugh in the playoff. Um, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to like break down some of these games tonight. Yeah. So let's break down some fake games. How about that? Uh, since we don't have any more real games for a little while, uh, w- we've looked at the 12-team field and what it would look like each week as they've released the rankings. And now we have the final rankings and that, you know, the 12-team playoff format was approved basically last week. The Rose Bowl finally surrendered and is not getting special treatment. Poor Rose Bowl. Sorry, Big Big Ten. Sorry, Bill. But the Rose Bowl is just another bowl uh, now and they're going to get in line and allow the 2024 playoff to be a 12-team field instead of a four-team field. So we looked at the final rankings uh, and then the rules about seeding, which they're going to be very controversial. I feel like I was the first one on on this, and uh, we'll we'll address it later. But they're not seeding them 1 through 12 in any way. But anyway, um, so if 
there was a 12-team bracket with these final rankings. Uh, the top four seeds would be one Georgia, two Michigan, which is what it should be. Three is Clemson, and four is Utah, <laughs> which, again, they're not oh, the four wow. best teams. But um, those are the four best conference champs, which is the format they've agreed on, at least for now, until people realize they're not doing it right. But anyway, so they have a first-round bye. So the first-round matchups would be uh, number 12, Tulane, as the power best Power 5 school. Highest ranked Power Five champ. I'm sorry, Group of Five champ um, at TCU. <laughs> TCU would drop to number five seed. Um, so Tulane at TCU. Winner gets Utah. Winner gets Utah. Then we've got Penn State Ohio State rematch, which they've played some great games over the past few years. Earlier in October, uh, Penn State was winning in the fourth quarter. They were, if you remember that. And then Ohio State ran away from them with a nice explosion. That would be. Uh, a first round match it would be it would be in Columbus this time with the with Clemson awaiting the winner of that one. USC would visit Alabama and the potential last two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks would be playing off against each other. That would be a must see TV for sure. Winner gets Michigan and then uh, Kansas State who played its way into the field with that big win over TCU at Tennessee. Neyland Stadium, this would be a, a very unusual game. They've only played once. It was a 2001 Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know Hendon Hooker would be out and everything. What, what do you think about that field? When you look at this little pretend bracket, what jumps out at you? But, you know, like you said, I so the way they should do it is you get the 12 teams that are in, and then you seed them like a bracket, and then you go from there. Like, it, no automatic crap. Like, you could just say, here are the 12 teams – and then do like what the basketball committee does, one through twelve, and nobody can cry about it because there's twelve in the playoff. And some of it would be fairly obvious, but I mean, obviously, if they if we had those first round games, um, the only one that really catches my attention, to be honest with you, would be Alabama USC mm-hmm. because I think Ohio State would dominate. I think Utah would win or uh, K State would win. Yeah, so we'd just get to the 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 round of eight. So. But yeah, I mean Alabama USC for the right to play Michigan. I mean that that's like the power bracket. I always look at this like yeah, hey, which which pod is the best? And right. that pod by far is the best. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Um Yeah, it's I'm good with the 6 AQs and the 6 at large. I like that whole concept and I like the buys and right. I like the first round home games. I wish the quarters hopefully will be on be home games too. Um but you just you got to see them 1 through 12. I mean, I don't Notre Dame just waved the white flag. What if Marcus Freeman really gets this thing going and Notre Dame's the number one team in the country? Yeah. And, and they're the five play. seed? No, that's, that's <laughs> absurd. Yeah, they're the like, five seed, they have to play an extra game? Like, you can play the conference championship games for automatic bids. Fine, whatever. That's fine. But when you're done, maybe that can be the committee's purpose. You have, we give you on Sunday morning, we're giving the committee, here's your 12 automatic guys. Right or your here's your twelve teams and we decide that before and let them bracket them like how they should be because right. otherwise we're going to argue about this now because we're already arguing about it, Bill, and it hasn't even happened. So well, there'll be a lot of arguments when you go six at large that four, right. fifth, six, seventh, eighth, ninth. I mean, there's going to be because the mm-hmm. mar- the margin shrinks even more when you get down the list a little bit. So there'll be plenty of arguing, plenty of interest. And in can I you know, I, can I ask you one more question? Yeah, like and then we can get out of here, but. 
Do you think Sonny Dykes goes for it yesterday if he doesn't know if he's in the playoff or not? You know what I mean? I think I think he kind of knew they were in when they on that fourth and one. Do you think he would have kicked a field goal? That was the right football decision, no matter what. I'm just asking the question. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like I'm asking that, like, so some of that stuff might come into play, though. Like, let's say TCU had to win the game and it's fourth and one, and they absolutely, then there's no doubt about it. They have to win the game. He might kick the field goal. Maybe. I mean, not fourth and fourth and goal from the four. He has to kick, he'll kick the field goal then. You know what I mean? Like, some of that will come into play. So I yeah. thought, I thought he played it off well. I thought he handled the press conference well. And for all this talk about those three huge brands in the playoff, one of the good things that the four-team playoff has created is in back-to-back seasons, we've seen Cincinnati make it. We've seen TCU make it. That's good for college football. Don't care. Like, you can say they're the underdog. They have no chance. It's still kind of cool that they're there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we finally have a team from Texas. I, I know. I saw you tweet that. I was like, that's amazing attention. To, I would have never guessed that nine years ago, you would have said of the 12 FBS schools in Texas, this is the one that gets in. And we still have zero from California. Also wild. <laughs> Florida's got a couple. Florida's got Florida State at least. <laughs> they do. They do. All right, let's wrap it up. We got to update the people first, Bill. Oh, no, this is going to hurt. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't even want to know what's The regular season crown belongs right. in Atlanta. Uh, the confidence contest, Bill. Even you even lost your MAC championship bonus. Point. Uh, that's on my fault. That's the Ohio fault. Bobcats did not come through for you. I thought they were going to get a backdoor cover at the very end. They couldn't do it. Um, and then down the list, you went one for five. In it the, was bad. In the, oh, it's in, in the Power Five, I went four for five. Tally, final tally, seventy four fifty nine. Regular season crown goes to me. We have to figure out a postseason format haven't haven't figured one out yet i don't know if we want to do the whole 42 bowl thing we'll do we'll we'll break it up somehow i have a suggestion and i i take swings like i think we'll do something like maybe we'll do i do a man i can just cheat and double work then i do a a pool with some of my buddies where we take like the last 20 bulls for example the ones that are like okay it's serious now teams that you recognize (laughs) correct like like so i'm not gonna press you to do a Bahamas bull pick or anything, but I think like we could do the power. We'll definitely do the New Year's Day six picks, and I gotta win something, man. You the gotta Corsi, win something. The course, the course, he took the underdog challenge. You won this. I still finished over 500 in our picks against the spread at Sporting News, despite a three week slide at the end. There you go. And, um, there you go. If you're asking me to get a good bull record against the spread, uh, uh, no, that, that those are so hard to pick because, yeah. Especially with the opt-outs now and everything. But we're going to try. We're going to get after it. Our listeners, just check out my picks here tomorrow. It'll be fun. Yeah, very good. All right, once again, yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been a great regular season. Stick with us. There's a lot to do between now and January 9th when we will have a new or possibly a new national champion. Maybe we could have the same national champion. We we, uh, Odds are we do will have the same national champion in Georgia. But anyway, that will be decided on January 9th. A lot to do between now and then. Stay tuned. We will have another podcast this week, probably on Wednesday, um, where we will 
uh, break down the latest happenings. We'll see what's going on. We'll dive into the bowls a little bit and uh, check out the coaching carousel, the transfer portal, and, and things like that. So once again, thanks, everybody, for joining and listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. <laughs>